Well, hi, everyone. Great to see you this morning. I do hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. And let me say, it is great that we've got the kids in with us this morning. Uh, It's not something that we often do, is having us all together as one big family. Uh, And so I want to start by saying a big welcome to the kids this morning. I've already said hello to my kids Uh, They're down the front there, but hello to all the kids here this morning. Uh, We're going to have a good time together. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, I'm I'm not just going to speak for, whatever, 30 minutes or whatever I might might sometimes do. Um, uh, We're going to break it up a little. We're going to stop here and there and pause and we're going to hear back from each other um, and really work hard at learning as a big family together. So just be prepared for that. Be prepared to chat to the people around you. Be prepared to engage. Um, Perhaps if you've got kids here this morning, engage with them about what we're learning together. Now, with that said, Ross has already mentioned that um, this is one of the, really, the Sunday that we put aside as a big Thanksgiving celebration for the year that has been. Um, So for 2019. And how we're going to do that is by looking at the chapter that Helen read for us, and that is Romans chapter 16. Now, as you were hearing that chapter read, you might have been wondering, that seems like an unusual chapter to choose for an occasion like this. Um, In one sense, not because it's not suitable, it's just not an obvious choice. So even within the book of Romans, uh, this letter, it has chapters that outline some incredible truths. Chapter 3 tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for anything that he had done, he died for us in our place to pay the penalty for sin that we deserve. So that's incredible news. There's, there's plenty to give thanks for from that chapter, but we didn't choose chapter 3 this morning. Or chapter 4. That chapter tells us that we are saved by grace. And what it means by that is we're we're saved not because of anything that we deserve. No, no, this was a gift. And that's an incredible truth. That would have been a great chapter to choose for a Thanksgiving Sunday. I could go on. Chapter 5. Uh, tells us that because of Jesus' death, we are reconciled to God. Uh, We now have peace with Him. Again, I could go on and on about the incredible truths in the other chapters of Romans. And so why chapter 16? Uh, Well, what's in this chapter? We heard it read, Helen read for us just before. What's in it? Well, we've got the Apostle Paul, and Apostle means authorised representative, so Apostle of the Lord Jesus, and he's bringing this, this incredible, this amazing letter to the Roman church, he's bringing it to a close. And he's doing it in much the same way that other first century letters were closed, where he brought it to an end, and I think we get this, I think the kids get this, um, we'll see though, we'll find out. Um, I need a volunteer, and I've spotted... One, (laughs) Alex, come on up. I know, I know. You weren't expecting that at all, because I only decided like three seconds ago. Uh, Come on up. And um, 
This is a really easy question for you. You have this in the bag. When you are writing a letter to someone, you would normally start it like a formal letter, not, not just like on social media or something, like not a message or a note or anything. Um, how would you start a letter that you're writing? Yes, yes, okay, so um, to school principal, um, that, that sort of stuff, right? To or dear or something like that. And you would finish it in a set standard way. You might say something like... From me. <laughs> from me. That's perfect. Uh, well done, Alex. Have a, have a seat. Uh, that, that was excellent. Um, uh, you, you might do that, right? There, there are formal ways that we, we sort of finish letters. Um, from... Um, you might say that. Um, yours faithfully, yours sincerely, um, your annoyed neighbour, that, that sort of stuff is, is what we find ourselves writing. And in many ways, that's what we've got in this letter. We've got uh, formal literary conventions from the first century about how you might bring a letter like the letter to the Roman church to a close. But let me suggest that even in the midst of some fairly incidental details, in the midst of these formal greetings, I think we're given a profound insight into what it looks like when people are changed by Jesus. Okay, so what, what it looks like when people are changed by Jesus. And so the first thing I want us to notice is that what happens when we're changed by Jesus is that we are given a whole new purpose. So let's look at Phoebe. She's mentioned there in verse 1. She's come to the Roman church from another church, so she's, she's visiting, if you like it. It may be that she's the one who was chosen to bring this letter to the church in Rome. But the church didn't know her. Okay, didn't recognise her. She was a stranger. And so Paul writes to the Roman church, and he actually expects that the church there will give her whatever she needs. I think that's kind of extraordinary. You might think, under what circumstances would you do that? And so maybe, um, maybe we should get another kid up here um, and we'll, we'll play a bit of a scenario game. Um, I don't know whether we're going to get more volunteers after the first round. Um, I, I may need to be forced just to... to... No, you can't do it, George. Um, too old. I need, I need a kid. I need a kid. Um, so, um, hang on, is that... We got there, Tyler. Come on up, come on up. All right, Tyler. Um, I'm going to pull this microphone out again. Now, Tyler, come on up. We, we need to we need to see you. Um, all right. Can you see you can see um, mum and dad there, yeah. and then everyone else, right? Cool. Okay. So we'll we'll go to the next slide, and here's our scenario for you. Someone has arrived at your doorstep. Now, you guys, um, what are you? You're down in East Ride, I think, aren't you? Technically, is that the suburb? North Ride. Oh, okay. Um, and so someone's arrived on your doorstep and they've uh, this letter from a friend. Okay, so someone you know, maybe someone from school, um, one, of your, one of your buddies. Um, and the letter says, give this person whatever they ask for. Now, your question, Tyler, is what would you do? What would you say to this person? You've just read the letter from your friend. What would you do? Uh I would probably say thank you once I figure out who it is once I've read the letter. Great. So you'd say thanks for the letter, and then the person then says, great, 
Well, I would love a beverage. How about some iced water? What would you do, Tyler? I would give them some iced water, of course, because I would, since they gave me a letter, I want to give them a, like a Thanksgiving. Oh, so you're, you're, quite, you're sort of reciprocating the gift of a letter with, with the iced water. Cool, cool. Well done, Tyler. Grab a seat. That's very nice of you. Um, I, I wonder if for the kids here, you might want to talk to your parents, actually, if, if that were to happen. And... Um, and work out what, what to do from there. But, um, but Paul, he just expects that the church there will look after them. And that's because the, the Roman church has been so changed by Jesus that the members of this church, they have a whole new purpose in life, which is to say that their life now is, is not about them, or not just about their close family or their close friends, or pursuing pleasure or whatever, you know, playing as much sport as, as they could. Uh, now the, this church, they see themselves as part of a much bigger thing that God is doing in this world. And they realise that each of them has a role to play in God's big plan. And so, of course, if the Apostle Paul says, please look after Phoebe, well, the church, the church is going to look after Phoebe. And so right there, I think we, we see evidence of people being changed by Jesus, evidence of, of God at work in his people. Now, there's more evidence of a changed life in verse 3. There we've got Prisca and Aquila. They're described as Paul's co-workers. Now, these two people, we assume they're a married couple. They, they pop up... Um, quite frequently throughout the New Testament, often alongside Paul supporting his ministry, sometimes trailblazing in front of where he heads to. Here, we're told about how they even risked their lives to help Paul. They risked their lives. Again, I, I take it this is clear evidence that Quisca and Aquila have been so dramatically changed by Jesus that they have a whole new purpose in life. That's why they're risking their lives to help Paul and his ministry. That's why they are, they're so dedicated to growing disciples of Christ. There's more, right? Mary in verse 6. She works so hard, we're told, for the Roman church. Why? Well, again, it's because she's been changed by Jesus. She's, she's totally rethought what her life is about. She's been given a new purpose. So, true, so too, Tryphenea, Tryphosa. Persis in verse 12, they all work hard for the Roman church. Again, they've all been changed by Jesus. They've all started to reassess the time that God has given them on this earth and they want to use it in the best way they can. All right, that's back in the first century. It's still happening today. Uh, don't take my word for it. What I want us to do now, and, and this is, it's not just a kid coming up the front now, it's we're all going to be involved. I want you to turn to the people sitting near you, around you. If you don't know them, please say hello. Um, I'm conscious that we've got um, multiple congregations here and, and perhaps people that you've never met before. Uh, it may be that they've been at this church for 10 years, you, you've never met them. 
Uh, it may be that they're new here this morning as well, which is incredible as well. So please introduce yourself. And what I want you to do is, is to give thanks for how people at this church have served you in 2019. So, so think about that. Uh, think about, um, perhaps for the kids here, you can get them to think about how those in the kids' ministry team have served them, have taught them, have um, become friends with them during this year. Um, but for all of us, how have you been changed? How have you been um, affected by people at this church working so hard for you? People who, who now have a whole new purpose in life because of Jesus. I'm going to give you about three minutes. So let's do it. Let's start talking. All right. Well, I think, um, I think I might try and bring us all back together. Um, it is encouraging, I think, very encouraging, um, when you, you have a question like that and, and there is um, so many people talking, uh, so many great things to say. Um, I'm tempted to sort of wonder how we can get some feedback about what was discussed and um, I'm not quite sure um, whether we should do it or not. What do you guys think? Sounds like probably not. Uh, <laughs> Ross, our, our meeting leader this morning, said, yes, go for it. And so, so why not? M maybe I will. So um, let, me, let me put the microphone and we'll see, we'll see if this is going to work. I will take, I think, maybe a hand up in the air if you, if you think you have something that would be excellent to contribute this morning. Uh, put your hand up. And um, I'm giving plenty of warner, warning to Katrina. Um, I'm sure she's got us, one of our best sound people here. Um, so I think we should be okay. Wonderful. Okay, here we go. I have permission to say something. <laughs> you do. You've got the microphone in your hands. This could yes. go on for a long time. I find it difficult to pronounce her name, but um, she's of, of Armenian uh, background, hmm. has come to the church because of the solid teaching of the Bible and the fact that it's wonderful for children also. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And look, a lot of work goes into... Um, getting programs that work really well in particular for our kids and also a lot of work goes into uh, the preaching program. We, we should thank Dave Mears in particular for working so hard in that area. I'm very thankful for the children's programs that hmm. run of a Sunday morning and on a Friday night and uh, very grateful for the leaders particularly of Blast Off that encourage Luke and... Um, yeah, of a, at Hubbers, Luke's formed a friendship with one of the leaders there to mm. be able to say hello to, which is, yeah, really meaningful. So very grateful for that. Oh, I think we're going to a, to a net, actually. We might. Uh, Linda and I were just saying how great it is to be able to um, have our growth groups at people's houses and the generosity of all of those who host uh, growth groups and also to the um, leaders who put so much effort into preparing those um, studies every week. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think we could actually do this for a lot longer, but we won't, right? Because we, we do need to, to get out of here at some point. Um, and um, I, was, I, I ducked down before and just heard from my kids, and uh, they said similar stuff, actually. Well, actually, I, I should share what Davey said. Um, my, my eldest, he said he was very thankful for his parents. Isn't, isn't that nice? Um, 
We're currently in negotiations about how much TV he gets to watch <laughs> during the holidays. I don't know if that's relevant or not. Um, all right, so let's, that's my first point, right? So um, people changed by Jesus, a whole new purpose in life, and we, we see it in this church, people working so hard to serve one another, uh, to grow disciples of Christ. Um, the second thing I want to highlight is that what we see in Romans chapter 16 is also a whole new level of affection for others. Um, I wonder if you noticed that as the passage was being read. Uh, verse 5, greet my dear friend, Eponidas. Dear friend, interesting. Verse 8, greet Ampelatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Verse 12, greet my dear friend, Persis. Um, jump down to verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, there is a lot of affection right there. And it is really interesting because this is a lot of affection for people in a church that the Apostle Paul had actually never visited. So he hadn't been to that church. And you think, well, hang on, how does he know these individuals? Well, we, we don't know the circumstances for so many of them. We don't know where or when Paul came across these people. Uh, for many of them, it's the only time we hear about them. But what we do know is that, that somewhere, somehow, under, under some circumstance, Paul developed a deep affection for so many members of the Roman church, which is to say that, that during the time that he spent with them, in, again, whatever church it was, whatever circumstance, as he worked with them, worked alongside them, worked shoulder to shoulder with them, he began to love them. And uh, I'm sure that you know this, right? Uh, you work as a team, you're all committed to that one thing, and you bond. You start to care for the others in the, your team, pe people that perhaps you'd, you'd never met before. And I think that's what we're seeing in this letter. We're seeing Paul express his love for those that he's worked alongside over the years. And again, we can detect this if you look at the names in the Roman church. In particular, we see people separated by race working together, side by side. We see people with Jewish names, but also people with Gentile names. And, you know, despite first century distinctions in the broader society, you know, back then, Jews and Gentiles, they didn't mix. In this church family, we're seeing them working together side by side. But that's not the only barrier that we see broken down in this Roman church. We see people separated by class working side by side, slaves and the free. We're seeing in this Roman church people who in the broader society were enemies. Well, the very least people who didn't voluntarily mix Again, we're seeing them working together side by side, working as one to grow disciples of Christ. And so what this, this, this chapter is describing, it, it's actually really beautiful. 
Again, we don't often pick it up as it's being read, but this is a beautiful thing. We're, we're seeing God at work in this church. It's an example of what Jesus meant when he said in John chapter 13, 35, that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Again, to the outside world, these people shouldn't have been friends. Outside of churches, people like that didn't get on. Jews didn't mix with Gentiles. Slaves didn't mix with the free. But again, this community, this Roman church, has been so changed by Jesus that they now have a new purpose in life and they're working together as one to achieve that purpose. And as they do that, they're growing in their love for one another. But here's the thing. Again, that's back in the first century. It's still happening today. Uh, so my hope is that if you've been part of this church in 2019, I hope that, that your love for others here at this church has increased. I mean, that's one of the things that, that makes churches in particular so special. Uh, we are an incredible mix of people. Um, look, look around, right? Just look around at who's here this morning. We're full of different people, uh, different ages, stages, uh, different backgrounds. I could go on, just look around. We are all different. I think we could say that outside of church, we are people who wouldn't normally voluntarily mix, come together, catch up like this. And yet here we are with one purpose and a growing love for one another. And again, I want us to ponder that because I don't know if we often reflect on it that much. Um, Annette mentioned about her growth group and how she's served by the leaders and how they meet in that home. Um, we're starting to hear a love for these people. Uh, the kids here, um, Elizabeth before mentioned when we were chatting as a bigger group that she's so thankful for one of her, her leaders um, at Hub Club, and that's Jess. I'm sure she's thankful for Taylor as well, right? But Jess in particular often seems to come up. Um, a growing affection for a leader who just serves her and, and loves her so much. But who is it for you? Is it some of the other SRE teachers? This year you've, you've got to know them. You didn't know them before, you got to know them, you're really starting to appreciate them. Um, it might be others on the welcoming team. Again, people you didn't know before, you, you might have recognised their face but never really chatted. Um, but you're really starting to appreciate them. The others in the band, uh, the other creche parents, or perhaps to dwell on, on one of our biggest examples, and that is Good News Week. Uh, it's a big deal, isn't it? Um, one week during the July school holidays where we, we come together as a church to run a, a really action-packed week of Bible teaching, of awesome activities, discussion groups, the whole thing. Uh, we're trying to reach um, everyone, all the kids in this area, with the good news that, that Jesus loves them. And as we do that, so many people work so hard to make that happen. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive 
team effort, and it is people from all of our congregations, from 8.45, 10.45, 6 p.m. It's made up of people who, again, often have never met each other before, but they come together, young, old, men, women, they come together, they work as one, shoulder to shoulder, to grow disciples of Christ. In different ways, don't they? Some, some handle the food. Some played in the band, some acted in the dramas, some gave talks, some built the props, some drove the buses, some cleaned the grounds. The list goes on. Again, people who have never met before, working as a team, working as one, working side by side. And by the end of the week, this new affection for our fellow workers in Christ. Again, I, I, I don't think we, we reflect on that enough. And so again, I want us to, to break up into our little groups and to give thanks for the people that you, you have loved getting to know this year. Um, again, it could be a, a crash parent, uh, but, but someone here that, that you've never met before for the kids, it might be a, a new kid in the group that you didn't know this time last year, but they're great friends. They do a wonderful job caring for you and looking after you. So again, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. And so I'm fully expecting a huge amount of chat and noise the moment I stop, which is now. Okay. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> let's see how we go this time. And so the, the, question, the question that we've been talking about is, uh, who have we loved getting to know this year? Um, a co-worker in Christ, uh, a fellow worker. Um, who have you loved getting to know? I reckon we might have time for maybe one or two um, contributions. So again, let's, let's put hands up and I'll get a microphone to you. Ruth, right in the middle there. You had me two minds which side to come from, but we'll go this way. Oh, sorry, I think I've turned it off. Oh, no. It's the black hand oh, I can yell. There no. we go. Uh, I don't know if she's here, so I'm just looking around. You're going to say if she's here or if she's not here? Poppy. Which one? So oh, Poppy God. and Great. Harry, who we've met. I don't know if Poppy's here, but she might not be. But um, I've enjoyed meeting Poppy and Harry and... Um, They've been in, Poppy joined my Bible study group, so it's been great getting to know her in my Bible study group, but also getting to know Harry on a Sunday as well, and um, Harry actually has volunteered Poppy to come and help at Scripture with me, so it's really been great, but I think Poppy's all on board with that, but yeah, so it's been great getting to know Poppy and Harry. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I can share that story as well, actually. Harry was changing me about signing his son Nick up for serving as well two weeks back as well. <laughs> Um, which is great. Um, hey, George. You doing all right? Uh, well, I'll chat with you later, George, and I'll make sure we get you some tea this morning, won't we? Get you some tea. All right. Now, I, I am conscious that we are dragging on a little, so let me, um, let me cut that one short there. Um, my, uh, again, my kids had a lot to say. Um, Elizabeth was... Um, very happy to have met a new kid um, at Friday nights, actually, Stephanie. Uh, loving getting to know her, which has been really excellent. All right, let's finish um, this morning. 
Um, I want to finish with a word to perhaps those who are new or visiting amongst us. Um, You've probably heard quite a bit about God being at work in this church community. And it may be that your question at this point is, well, why is this happening? Uh, What's going on? What is it about knowing Jesus that that changes your purpose in life and that actually, actually gets you working alongside others to grow disciples of Christ? What is going on there? Uh, Let let me just say this. I I think we can put it a little bit like this. Uh, Has someone ever saved your life? Um, It may be um, a bunch of us, I'm sure, are doing a lot of beach activities at the moment. It may be that someone's pulled you out of the ocean, seemingly moments from death. Um, just before I, I jumped up, before I was chatting with, with another about some swimming pool incidences and, and kids getting pulled out and all sorts of things. Or perhaps a friend sort of pushed you out of the way of some oncoming traffic. Again, seemingly moments from death. Uh, whatever it was, if that has happened to you, if, if someone has saved your life, then you'll have experienced this, this profound sense of gratitude. That, that overwhelming sense of thankfulness to that person, that they were there at that point, that they were willing to help. There's a very real sense in which you now owe that person your life. Uh, well, coming to know Jesus is a bit like that. Because when you really know Jesus, you know him as your saviour, as someone who has saved your life. But even more than that, you know him as the one who saved your life by giving his own. That's what it's like when you, when you come to know Jesus. He's the one who gave his life to save yours. And so knowing Jesus comes with this profound sense of thankfulness. Christians, we are by definition, we are thankful people. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't come just to save us from eternal death. He also shows us what life is really about. It's not about getting into the housing market, uh, getting a great job, um, having a, a wonderful family a good reputation, big status. It's about knowing that God loves you more than you could ever know and that your future, your eternal future, it is secure. It's locked in. And it's that sure and certain hope, and we've been hearing about that hope throughout our Christmas celebrations. That hope changes how we live today Uh, because now we, we see things in a bigger context. Uh, we see uh, the, the so limited number of years that we have on this earth. We view that from the perspective of eternity. And so what that means is we start thinking about what, how is the best way to spend my time? What are the things that I should be focused on in this life? And so that's why you see so many people here at Christchurch working so hard for each other. Uh, They're working in ways that in our broader world would look inside and say, well, that that doesn't seem significant. 
um, giving up Friday nights to teach a little girl about Jesus. That doesn't seem that important to our world. And yet in light of eternity, in light of what God is doing in this world, that is one of the most important things that you could be doing. So that's what, that's what you're seeing in this church. Uh, people changed by Jesus. People reassessing what life is about and coming together and working as one to grow disciples of Christ. Let me give thanks. Father, we are so thankful for how you've been at work in your people here at Christchurch in 2019. We thank you that, that when we came to know you, we were changed by you. Uh, now our lives uh, are not about ourselves. Uh, we live for you. And we thank you for all those that in 2019 we, we've laboured alongside with. We thank you for the joy that comes from, from serving the Lord Jesus in, in the various different ways that, that we serve and the joy that it is coming to know our fellow workers in the gospel. We thank you that we've grown in our love for each other, others who are, again, just so different from us, but united in the gospel. Father, thank you for working in us in this way. And Father, please continue to grow us in the years to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.